today on CityCast Denver. Colorado is at the forefront of a brand new sport that could take over the world. It's like martial arts, parkour, and a game of chess all in one and requires virtually no equipment. And it's happening right here in our backyards. So this is the official arena. Uh, we call this the quad in the sport. Some surfaces are just pipes, so you have to be very precise. The folks at Ruby Hill's Apex School of Movement are now two-time national champions of World Chase Tag, a sport that has been around for just over a decade. They're currently prepping for the World Chase Tag Championships happening in the UK in May. So my producer Paul and I met up with the Apex team in the backyard where they practice in Harvey Park. We don't want people to think it's reckless. Right. We don't want people to think we're crazy. We do want people to see this as a martial art and respect it. My guest today is Amos Rendow, a player and coach for the best world chase tag team in the country. Today is Tuesday, April 26th, 2022. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Paul and I arrived at the house, we could hear yelling and screaming from the backyard. We circled around back to see what was happening and saw people running and jumping, ducking and diving around a web of black pipes and small wooden platforms. It was like a playground and the game they were playing was like playground tag. It's really more than playground tag though. It's very fluid and almost choreographed in the way the chaser and the evader move around the arena. There was clearly a lot more going on beneath the surface than I could even understand at first. Okay, so if you're being if you're being chased and you avoid getting tagged for 20 seconds, that's a point. Exactly. Okay. And so that's the only way to get a point. If you're the chaser and you get a tag, that's how you earn your way into the evader position. So then you can get a point. Amos Rendow was just finishing up a round when we arrived. So we're watching two guys, one guy's chasing another guy. What are we looking at? So this is the official arena. Uh, we call this the quad in the sport. And uh, they usually keep it a lot of the same structure each year, which I think is good in this nascent era of the sport because uh, it allows us to really hammer down and polish certain strategies and lines and it can make it really fast and entertaining. Eventually, I think they'll get to the point where they'll make lots of changes often and it'll be more about adaptability, but we're not quite there yet. Also, financially, it's hard to achieve. We built it all from scratch, which was a huge undertaking and uh, it involved a lot of it. It's like playing Legos on a very adult level. Um, where we had to have precise measurements for everything so we don't mess ourselves up when it comes time to, to compete in world championships. Is this like pipe? Like yeah, this what? is steel pipe. Okay. Did you think it was softer? I, do, I didn't know. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. It, uh, it can't be PVC. It wouldn't be able to stand <laughs> the no, it's human. Funny. A lot of people, we've heard like comments on the, the commentary on TV is people can't actually believe that this is hard surfaces because they think it's too dangerous. <laughs> Yeah, so, so it's... Yeah, we hear that a lot. Who developed this quad? So there are a couple British guys who uh, years ago spent a lot of time playing tag in their garden, they would call it, uh, and with their kids, and then it became more friends, and they invited people to meetups, and it just kept growing. Eventually, they started adding obstacles, 
And then when they did one of their first big events, they invited parkour people and they, that's when it clicked and they realized this sport is going to be best done by people who have parkour backgrounds. Okay, so it wasn't actually like, it didn't grow out of parkour no, necessarily, no. but they found a kinship in folks that did parkour. Exactly. How, okay, so there's a lot, not going to lie, there's a lot of people in this backyard. Where? How did you guys find each other? One thing unique about our team, our teams I should say, is a lot of these uh, guys have grown up in our schools since they were kids. And so we didn't just like have a huge fund to be able to just select all the best athletes around the world and be like, hey, you're in our brand, you're in our brand. We actually all kind of grew up training together and these kids have been raised in our schools. And now they're grown men and they're, they've been doing this for like maybe a decade and they're incredible at it. How did you come to this sport? You know, when I first saw this, I, it didn't actually click with me all that much. I'm not sure why. I, I, mu I must have been very busy in my life at the time. And it just, I couldn't, I didn't have the bandwidth for it. Mm -hmm. But when it did click for me, it was because one of my backgrounds is Parkour Rondori. It's a project I run to study parkour in real life emergency situations, um, which I think is a different training style than most parkour people actually train. And so I was very curious, how do you use this, you know, to save someone from a burning building or maybe evade some muggers or something and so that kind of took me down this path of this raw primal version very like pragmatic scientific approach and uh in chase tag this is like one of the most raw experiences of chase invasion you can do safely that's often what sports do right is yeah. they allow us to try a piece of our lives that will actually serve us well in a safe way so that we don't get seriously injured or or like completely knocked out, yeah. but still gain some of those skills that could be useful in life. So there was that element. And then I think, I don't know, once I just started playing it and everyone has said this, it's addicting level fun. Mm. It's just, you know, that's why these guys are just going one after another never getting bored right now. Yeah. It's because there's something about this that's yeah. like martial arts-esque yep. and, and kind of like chess elements. And every time, oh. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> so the other big piece was my background was martial arts okay and so when i realized how similar this is and the just like strategy elements of it mixed with the parkour rondori practicality just i it was my aha moment i feel like you're just ready to go <laughs> no I'm, no sorry i'm just trying to stay warm because okay. i'm the grandpa of this league <laughs> If I don't move for like 10 minutes, it's hard to get back into it. So I'm just bouncing up and down a little bit. The Apex World Chase tag teams are comprised almost entirely of members, staff, and owners of the Apex School of Movement, a parkour gym and training school that was founded in the Ruby Hill neighborhood in 2006. Um, can you tell me more about the gym itself? Yeah, uh, Apex School of Movement is actually the first formal program in the Western Hemisphere. Uh, we started in 2006, and over the years, we've just spent a lot of time uh, building up communities, top athletes um, that often podium in a lot of these events. Unfortunately, COVID was really hard on us. I bet. In the years prior, um, we ran into some hardships. During that year, we, we put our heads down, we did everything we could to survive, and we had the opportunity to have our first... Our <laughs> that was a good oh. chase. Oh, oh. Oh. oh my goodness. <laughs> but uh, yeah, during, during COVID, 
we we took one of the biggest financial hits of our definitely the biggest financial hit of our life but also that year was the first uh, world chase tag usa event and so that was actually kind of the highlight of the year it was kind of like a nice little pocket of taking our minds off all that taking a team out to atlanta and competing in that That's so awesome. it kind of like helped us bounce back a little bit Apex versus hollywood free runners chase one apex e And uh, so that first tournament, I I don't know what it was. I just needed something to focus on maybe because things were really intense during 2020. But I just nerded out on this. I just like saw it as a chess game to be played. And uh, I just started uh, collecting a lot of data on every chase that ever happened online. And uh, through that, I found patterns. I presented them to the team. We had some pretty like nerdy PowerPoint sessions where I like broke down flow charts and <laughs> kind of showed them what I was thinking, some of the theories I had. And at first, I they might have thought like this is maybe this is a little too far. But then once they started seeing it work, I think they started getting excited too because like whoa, there's something to playing smart, not just fast and strong. I mean, it makes sense. It's like basketball. Sure. I mean, the same kind yeah. of strategizing goes right. into. Yeah. Any and other That'll sport? be the future of this sport, but we're just in such a nascent era where people aren't respecting that piece of it yet, uh, which I think is really interesting because there's so much innovation. Like uh, Rob's got his stanky leg set up, which we, is amazing and also hilarious. What's the stanky leg move? Well, I actually can't discuss that publicly oh, yet. Okay. Yet. Still, but, uh, just, still in the works. Just, just imagine whatever you want to okay. for stanky leg. <laughs> Wow, the footwork from Rob Shield. You can tell he's had that line practiced down to a T. Yeah, yeah, and I like that. I, it, was, it was similar for me with parkour. I got into parkour really early um, when it was very new in the U.S. And uh, that's just, for me, I like to be on that cutting edge of exploration. And that's where we are in this sport, and that makes it really fun for me. That's awesome. It's not often that we get to be in on the ground floor of something in true. life. Very true, yeah. So yeah, it's hard to do. seeing this unfold is pretty amazing. So we're getting near the championships. What's the situation? Yeah, World Championships is coming up, and I think we're going to be leaving in about three weeks. Uh, so... At this point, we're just trying not to get hurt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we really sure. do feel prepared. And uh, mostly, we just wanted to shake a little rust off. So yeah, three weeks, trying to play it cool. How do you practice in a way that's making sure you don't get hurt for the big events? Uh, that is That has many layers. Okay. That has taken years to lockdown yeah some of the and this would be good for people to know because we don't want people to think it's reckless right we don't want people to think we're crazy we do want people to see this as a martial art and respect it and so it's really important people understand that we spent years learning how to fall well actually i don't even know if you caught this but right as you were coming in the backyard i fell off the back of this did you oh, see that no okay you must have just missed that. i just took a fall that was about a four foot five foot drop and into a break fall and um, there wasn't a moment that was uncomfortable. Like I, it was a slow motion for me. It was safe. I was, I think I was laughing on the way down. So it's <laughs> so learning how to fall. That's the big part of it. Yeah. And uh, also uh, a lot of things you see happen, undershooting a jump, overshooting a jump, a little bit too much rotation. We have backup plans for all those things. And so it's almost like when you watch someone like a, a breaker dancing, 
often people don't even see their mistakes because they convert them into other dance moves. Oh. And so same here, we spend a lot of time practicing mistakes and all the different continuums out of those so that we can safely do this uh, at really high speeds. And if we fall, we might not get the tag. Or if we undershoot something, you know, maybe we didn't get away, but at least we aren't injured. You're not so injured. A lot of practice goes into that, yeah. And you guys have won before, right? In yeah, these we're... bigger competitions. Well, we're, we're two-time USA champs, but we have never been to world championships, and we've been waiting to go because for two years now it's been getting postponed oh. because of COVID. So we've been dying to go because we got to listen to all these Europeans talk smack about the, the Americans. <laughs> and uh, it's so just two years of that. We're like just boiling, ready to go. Thank you. Yeah. This has been so informative. Yeah, I enjoyed. Thanks. <laughs> Amos told me that ESPN has secured the television rights for the World Chase Tag World Championships in England next month but they're still not sure exactly when or where their matches will air. So if you want to stay on top of that and learn more about World Chase Tag in Denver, we're going to drop a ton of links and videos in the show notes. And here's what else is happening in Denver today. Governor Polis announced that Coloradans will be receiving $400 back in their pockets later this year because of a, quote, healthy state budget surplus and strong economy. According to the Denver Post, the tax rebate comes to taxpayers through TABOR, or the Taxpayer Bill of Rights, a controversial aspect of our state's governance that effectively caps government spending and sends any, quote, extra cash back to taxpayers. Trust that I'm probably a lot like you and that I also still don't fully understand why or how Tabor works and how Colorado can have a stash of cash when our teachers need better pay, our transit system is not great, and, you know, we have this ongoing affordable housing crisis. So when I figure out Tabor, I'll let you know. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us, rate the show wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe to our morning newsletter, where today, Peyton shares some of your very own tips and tricks on recycling and composting in Denver. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye! Seventh time's a charm, Lizzie, for this one sentence.